1: I'm your Village Founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So today, I'm going to cover the topic of self-esteem. We all know self-esteem is important for life's success and happiness. It gives us the confidence to live life in a fuller, richer capacity, to take risks, whatever it may be, like ask someone out and approach a new person to be friends, to ask for a raise or a promotion, to start our own business, to leave a relationship that is no longer working, to not settle for second best or worse, because we know we're worth it. If you've struggled with self-esteem at any point in your life, or if you still are, you know you don't want your kids to have to experience the pain of not feeling worthy, of not believing in themselves. Studies show that girls' self-esteem peaks at age nine. Nine! Nine! There's a lot of complex reasons for this, but there's a lot we parents can do to combat this. And boys aren't doing a whole lot better either. Now, I haven't covered this topic in a really long time, and I actually got a question about it the other day, so I knew it was time to revisit this topic and expand on it. So first, I'm gonna cover what is it? What do we mean when we say self-esteem? What does healthy or positive self-esteem look and feel like? The components that make up a healthy sense of self some of the traps parents can fall into in the spirit of trying to build self-esteem that actually is damaging, and how we can help our kids build a foundation for taking care of their self-esteem for life. So first, I like to give definitions so I know we all have the same understanding. And self-esteem is how we value and perceive ourselves. It's based on our opinions and beliefs of ourselves. In order to have healthy self-esteem, we have to be able to do an honest and realistic self-assessment, because self-esteem falls on a spectrum. There's low self-esteem, healthy or what we might call high self-esteem, and an inflated sense of self or self-esteem. As I talk about these concepts, you might want to think about yourself. Where do you fall? What your experiences may have been growing up and beyond that may have led you to where you are today? We can take our experiences and use them, not only to keep working on ourselves, but also to guide us in doing differently with our kids so they can avoid some of the struggles with, in this case, self-esteem, that we may have had. Low self-esteem can happen because either we don't see ourselves, our accomplishments, our talents, or the way we contribute as valuable as it actually is, or because of an actual lack of foundation for self-esteem. So I'll talk about what those components are in just a few minutes. But first, I want to talk about some signs of low self-esteem. And then I'm going to give some tips on how to approach this later on in the episode. But take note, if you notice any of these in your child and even in yourself. So when I talk about building a foundation for healthy self-esteem, you'll know how to approach this. So it's things like saying negative things about ourselves or being critical about ourselves. So that negative self-talk joking about yourself in a negative way, focusing on your negatives and ignoring your achievements, blaming yourself when things go wrong, thinking other people are better than you, thinking you don't deserve to have fun. And then there's healthy or high self-esteem. This is a realistic, healthy view of the self, our contributions, accomplishments, and our connections. Knowing we have a positive effect on the world around us and that we matter. Inflated self-esteem is when someone views themselves as more accomplished, more important, or better at things than reality might dictate or better than other people. So there's four components to self-esteem, self-confidence, identity, feeling of belonging, and a feeling of competence. So I'm gonna talk about each of these, the development of the self and of self-esteem by age, then how we foster a strong sense of self and self-esteem in these four key areas for our children. I'm going to start with identity because this is what really plays into the development of the self. And then I'll get into that. So identity is who am I? What are my strengths? What do I bring? What makes me unique? I'm going to cover the basics of development of self here because it fits really nicely with this piece of self-esteem. So you can understand how it unfolds through the development and recognize it when you see it in your children. This is really pretty cool stuff. At birth, an infant has no sense of self. So this may come as a surprise. It did to me. It's really interesting. The infant actually sees him or herself as an extension of their caregiver. Now at three to four months, your baby begins to see him or herself as separate from others, begins to recognize that she has an impact on the world. And when we respond to baby, like making faces, playing peekaboo, mirroring their expressions back to them, like we're smiling, we're laughing, we're cooing repeating their noises, these interactions have a huge impact on their sense of self. It builds a sense of belonging and connection and also a sense of accomplishment. It's that effect on the world that feels a sen- that gives a sense of accomplishment. But I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, so I'm going to get more into all this great stuff when I get into the building the foundation for self-esteem, but I just thought that was fun to bring up right here. Between six months and 18 months, babies begin having accomplishments with sitting, crawling, walking, talking, and learning problem solving. So because of this mobility, and therefore the ability to act on a desire of their very own, I want to go over there and get that ball. And then they start to use some language with it. It's separate from anyone else. They begin to realize that. I am separate from someone else. This is my desire, my need. I am expressing this feeling. So around 18 months is when baby fully recognizes the self versus the other, and that they have an impact and an influence on the other. So this is a really big trip for them to finally realize, I'm separate, and not only am I separate, my interactions actually have an effect on someone else. There's a lot of power in that, it's really exciting, it's a really new thing and a big part of the development of the self. So you'll see this show up in their language, too, because this is around that age, 18 months, where they start to use that. I, me, and mine. I have ownership. This is really important, and sometimes it drives parents crazy. Me, mine, when they don't want to share. This is because they're developing the self, and this is really an important stage for this. So allowing that to be what it is. Yes, that is your truck. I see you're playing with your truck. Allow that to be without trying to push that sharing and the other at this age, because this is just... This is one of those steps. This is the crawling before the walking or the walking before the running. And they will get to that. But allowing them to have that strong sense of self is really important. The more you learn about development, the more fascinating it is to understand how this all plays together, how the clues to what's going on in their inner world will show up in their behavior and their language. So as kids age, this development of self comes more and more on board. As they move through the world, discover who they are, what their interests are, their desires, and their strengths, we see a big shift in the tween and teen years away from the family and toward peers. So they become right around age 11, 12 is where the influence on the child is about 50% family, 50% peers, and then it starts to move more towards peers. Now, this may look a little different right now because of the pandemic, kids have been um, more at home and have had a lot more influence. So in our family, I definitely see that the family is still a pretty large influence on the kids, but they are moving more towards that 50-50 Then in adolescence, their peers become um, more of an influence. But you set up a great, strong family foundation. They're going to choose peers who are going to emulate a lot of those values of the family. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, too. So as they navigate, who am I separate from my family? What kinds of people do I want to surround myself with? What are my values, my interests, my strengths? How do I want to impact the world? So laying this foundation for self-esteem in the earlier days is what allows kids to step into their own power as they reach adolescence. Okay, so now that my kids are in this age range, 11 to 13, it's really fun and exciting to hear from their teachers what incredible humans they are, the strengths their teachers see, how they thrive in class and in friendships. So the last parent-teacher conference for our older son, we were actually really surprised to hear just how much Carter participated in his language arts class. So although he's always done really well in school and all the subjects, his strengths have definitely been in math and science. And he, if he's going to struggle, it's going to be an ELA or social studies. But his ELA teacher just gave him the most glowing review about how much he participates in class and how she and his peers really seem to enjoy him and enjoy his participation, what he brings, the questions he asks. I was like, who knew? I mean, not about him being enjoyable. He's absolutely a joy to have around. But that he would actually be so engaged in his ELA class really surprised me. So it's fun to hear these things about your kids you really didn't even know. Okay, the next component to self-esteem is a feeling of belonging. So this is obviously an area where family has a big impact early on. Any parent listening to this or any parenting podcast, reading parenting books, you likely have this one down pat. You love your kids. You want the best for them. You have a strong bond and connection. It's as simple as that, having that bond and connection, our kids knowing they're important to us. And I'm going to give some specific tips on this in just a few minutes. But the next area is the feeling of competence. This is the next component that is a part of self-esteem. Kids and all people gain self-esteem from accomplishments, big or small. Now, I don't know about you, but a day where I procrastinate or get distracted and I don't get much done versus a day where I'm on fire, I have a very different feeling about myself at the end of the day. I mean, not on a deeper level, but... Too many days of not accomplishing much, and self-esteem can take a beating. Kids need and want to grow into competent, accomplished people, and there's two areas where we want to foster this. Again, I'm getting into that when we start talking about building this foundation. But first, I want to cover a couple of really important things to keep in mind. First is that self-esteem is fluid because I just referred to this, it can change day to day or even hour to hour, et cetera. It's not gonna be huge fluctuations, but self-esteem can get a boost or take a hit depending on what's happening in that moment. So we have a kind of base level, a foundation of where we sit overall, and we can build that up over time or it can drop over time with too many hits or it can can go up with some good boosts and um, accomplishments over time. Okay, so we start with the foundation, our base level. If a child has a fight with a friend at school that day or doesn't do well on a test or doesn't make the goal in a game when she usually gets three goals in a game, self-esteem is gonna take a hit. If your child struggled to play a song on the piano and then finally gets it down, if the test he thought wasn't gonna go well actually nailed it, it'll get a boost. So we're working to foster a nice, solid baseline so the hits aren't so devastating So our kids, they can take an inventory of themselves and then they learn to put in more effort. They can take a look and say, what can I do better the next time? What didn't I do as well that I could have done better so that they can improve for the next time? If they have a good base level of self-esteem, they're gonna be able to do this. If they have low self-esteem, every hit is just gonna feel devastating. They're gonna feel like they can't do anything right, like they aren't good at anything. This is what we're working to avoid is that low self-esteem. We wanna have a good solid baseline. So they're not getting knocked down too far because their sense of self is so fragile they can't handle some bumps and bruises because life is a lot of bumps and bruises, as we know. So secondly, the second thing to keep in mind, self-esteem is the view of the self. And this is something we're working to help our kids be able to create for themselves. It's an inside job. So we are giving them the tools the blueprint to be able to build and replenish their own self-esteem. We aren't giving it to them. It's not something we can just hand out and give to them or spoon feed. I used to see these memes a few years ago, and I just did a search. They're still out there. And they would say things like filling up your child's bucket so full no one can poke enough holes to drain it. And I find that such a dangerous idea because the world can be hard and we can't give our kids enough to keep the bucket from draining. It's going to drain. People are going to poke holes or experiences are going to poke those holes. The only way is to teach them how to fill their own bucket. So that's what we're doing. We're teaching our children how to fill their own buckets. So I'm going to talk about some ways we can do that for each of these components that I just covered right after a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 to casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. BiHeart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about BiHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheartcom slash podcast with the code
2: And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day.
1: Now that we're back, we have a good foundation and understanding of what self-esteem is, where it comes from, the different types or levels, what our part in the process is. So here are some great ways to help our children build that foundation and build the skills to learn to find their own wellspring of self-esteem. So as I already touched on, those little things you do starting in infancy, the smiles, the coos, the twinkle in our eye as we interact and make faces with baby, are the very beginning of building self-esteem. It touches those two pieces, a feeling of belonging and connection and a feeling of competence because they begin to notice that I have an effect on the world around me and that builds competence. As they age and accomplish more, the walking, the rolling the ball, There's so much accomplishment, so much effect on the world that this competence, building of competence is happening. A lot of this just comes naturally early on to us as parents. But here's a tip for really early on, and that is baby and toddler proof your house as much as you can. We want our babies and toddlers to be able to explore. If we start saying no a lot, don't touch that. Leave that alone about almost everything they try to explore, this starts to work against their natural curiosity to explore and try new things. If they get the message too much or too often, they start to doubt their own natural instincts, especially if you have a child who's less perseverant in nature. They will quit exploring. They will quit trying new things easier and sooner than a more perseverant youngster. So you want to make sure that it's a safe place to explore so that they can build that natural curiosity, build that interest in learning and exploring. We want to keep that alive, and we want to foster that as much as possible. Okay, so many of these tips are going to help build self-esteem in several of the areas I talked about earlier, and I'm going to talk about how it will affect each of these areas. So we're going to talk about identity first. We want to give children the opportunity to explore their talents and interests You can see these emerge early in toddlerhood, but for a lot of kids, you may not see it until the elementary school years, five plus. Now, for instance, with my daughter, she had an interest in art and artistic expression very early on. I saw that in toddlerhood. She was actually quite talented at drawings and creating um, pictures and drawings and playing with color. But for a lot of kids, you won't see their talents until later on. Now, there's many ways to do this. Early on, you can go to children's museums, exposure to nature, exposure to art and music and parks and other opportunities for all kinds of exploration, cognitive and language and physical exploration. As they age, you'll see what they gravitate towards. When they do and when they ask for it, you want to continue to allow exploration in any way you can. So things like, you know, our communities, cities often have a lot of low-cost and even no-cost ways to try out new sports, art, dance, music. I mean, art you can even do at home just by having the supplies available. Also, preschools offer a lot of opportunities for these things. And these are all adding to the foundation. As your child becomes more accomplished at their area of interest, this builds their self-esteem. It builds their identity of what they bring to the world and it builds accomplishment and their sense of competence as they get better at the, whatever it is that they're interested in. And in all areas, actually, as they develop. Okay, so I talked about two areas of competence. One area is just this, our sense of our talents and gifts and developing those. It's one thing to have a talent or a gift, but if we don't develop it, we can't really harvest any self-esteem from it. We need to have accomplishment and growth, and that means practicing and honing these skills. The second area is competence as an independent being. Having the skills to take care of ourselves. So teaching and giving opportunities and having expectations as our children age to be able to do for themselves in age-appropriate ways. So for example, by seven or eight, a child should be able to do their entire morning routine on their own. Outside of preparing breakfast, depending on what that is, of course, they could get themselves some cereal, but even toast for some kids. But if you're cooking eggs, not so much. (laughs) Even at five or six, this is not an unreasonable expectation for many kids. But by seven or eight, it should definitely be expected for most kids. Unless, of course, they're um, for any neurotypical child, by seven or eight, this should definitely be expected. So, giving opportunities for more and more household jobs, from dishes to laundry, to by the teenage years, they're understanding budgeting and finances, car maintenance, small household fixes. This is a big job. We're talking about getting our kids ready for life. So, for dishes, this can start early with clearing the table of their own dishes and silverware at age two or three, to putting it in the dishwasher by five or six. To emptying the dishwasher at seven or eight to learning to load the dishwasher by age 11 plus laundry can go from helping match socks at age three and you handing them laundry from the washer for them to put in the dryer at age three or four to them putting their own clothes in the hamper at four or five to learning to sort laundry before washing it to learning how to fold their own laundry at age 10. i went to the kids dad's house just last night we still all have dinner together almost every night as a family, which is really nice. But I went into my daughter's room to spend a little time with her. And I noticed the folded clothes on my daughter's bed. And I said, just so you know, I won't be folding your laundry for you at my house. I've been having the kids fold their own laundry since they were 10. And she's now, you know, 11. So, And she said jokingly, I know, he's nice. <laughs> so... I mentioned earlier about low self-esteem and the signs of that. So what do you do if you see or hear those signs from your child, like the negative self-talk, the putting the self down, talking negatively or joking negatively about the self, those types of things? The first thing is we don't want to gloss over it or counteract it. So let's say your child says something like, I can't do anything right. You don't want to try to fix it. What do you mean? Of course you can. You can do this. You can do this. You can do that. We want to connect, ask questions, and get curious. Tell me more. What makes you feel that way? What makes you say that? Find out where your child is coming from and really listen. So she might say something like, my friend Katie can draw anything. She's so good at drawing. I can't draw anything. You want to talk about that. Again, not glossing over it or trying to fix it. You can draw great. Look at how great this house is. Maybe she can draw animals and you can draw houses better. You want to talk about people having different skills. Talk about what skills your child has that you've noticed. Ask if she wants to, or better yet, ask her. Well, maybe drawing isn't something that you're natural at. Maybe Katie is natural at that. But what are you good at? What are some things that you notice? Get curious with your child. See what she notices about herself or himself. If they aren't sure or they say one, or they say something, you can build on that. But then you can bring up other areas that you've also noticed ask if she wants to work on some of her interests. Offer suggestions and opportunities to build on her interests. If she is interested in becoming better at drawing and art, offer having more tools at the house. Offer looking at YouTube videos and learning. Offer a class in whatever capacity you can offer that. But you want to allow this. This is part of allowing our child to have a realistic sense of self, not just showing them or telling them that they are good at something or they are better than other people or maybe they have, they're have they better at one aspect of it than another. You want to let them, maybe that other kid is better. Maybe Katie is a great artist. Maybe Olivia really is a great gymnast or soccer player. Perhaps your child hasn't even discovered his thing yet. So we want to offer opportunities to explore what that might be. And it's okay for our kids to not be the best at something and to allow that because that's There's always going to be someone who's better at something than we are. So we want to have these conversations and allow for that, but then allow them and give them opportunities for their self-esteem in their own way and discovering who they are, what they bring. So I want to talk about a couple of pitfalls here too. And first is praise. Praise is a way that parents often use to try to build self-esteem, and it's all well-meaning, but unfortunately what praise does is it creates the need for the child to have an outside source to build their self-esteem. Praise is saying something like, great job, good girl, I'm so proud of you, that was amazing, you got an A, you got the goal. This is an outside approval, and we want to avoid our children needing outside approval. So we want to say things like, you worked really hard for that test, and it shows. You couldn't play that piece last week, and now you are. We want to teach them that it's about effort, And it's about improvement, but not about the outcome. So what they're better at last week than this week, that they struggled with the spelling words, but now they're spelling these words correctly, that they struggled to play this certain piece, but now they're getting their way through it, or they're doing it faster. You know, they're getting it more on tempo. You know, that they got faster at their swimming than they were last week. We want to talk about effort and improvement, and we want to stay away from the praise piece of it. The second piece is putting pressure on our children to be successful. Now, oftentimes, we're just so excited when our child is good at something, if they do have a natural a talent on something, that we can often put unknown pressure on them to succeed in that. So we want to be really careful about that because what happens is the child feels a responsibility to the family, to the parent, to perform and to do well in school or to do well in their sport or to do well or to place in something, um, we really want that to come from inside. So we it, we really want to watch how we approach this because, you know, sometimes kids will feel that pressure to become the source of self-esteem and the source of pride for the family. And that definitely wants to be an internal source of pride, not an external source of pride. And it's really important in the way that we do that and the way that we talk to our kids. So a quick tip on this that I want to cover is when we go, which I already did a little bit, but we're going to go into this just a little deeper because it's a really important point. And that is instead of the praise, we want to describe what they've done and then label the behavior. So If they're being really helpful, we're going to say, you picked up your toys the first time I asked. That was really helpful. So instead of saying, great job, you picked up your toys. I'm so proud of you. That makes me so happy. We want to stay away from that because that's external. We definitely don't want our kids to feel like it's their job to make us happy, to make us proud. It's our job to help them learn how to make themselves proud of themselves. So these are some really important points. So if you want to know more about fostering self-esteem by age and the development of self-esteem by age, you can see the classes Self-Esteem Birth to Five and Self-Esteem Five Plus because the way that as our children develop, the way that we support and help them build their self-esteem, the way that we help them build that blueprint for self-esteem is going to change as they age and as they move through the world. So that's a great class. Also, Raising Responsible Kids talks about all of these skills that they should have by age. It gives a really nice layout of what skills you want your child to have by three, four, five, six plus, so that by the time they are teens, they are fully competent in taking care of themselves. That's a really great class. And then the growth mindset class, I also recommend because it teaches our kids how to be resilient, how to take a look at themselves to do better, to learn to problem solve so that they can take a look and so that those bumps in the road aren't so big and don't feel so massive that we understand that that failure is a part of life, that making mistakes is a part of life so that we can learn and we can go back and do better. That's a great class for that. The last class I really like to recommend in this area is the learning styles and multiple intelligence theory. Because what can happen with some kids is when they get into school and if they aren't classic learners, they their self-esteem may start to take a hit because they're feeling like they're not as smart as other kids, when in reality, they absolutely are as smart. It's just that they learn in a different way, or that their key talents and gifts may not be in the traditional areas of learning that really get focused on in an academic setting. So that's a really great class to learn about your child's learning style, to learn about how you can support it, to learn how you can go to the school and help your child get their needs met, and also how you can help them support the development of areas that may fall outside of traditional learning so that they can get the self-esteem in the areas where they really are talented and gifted. So that's another great class. You can find all those at yourvillageonline.com along with all the 60 parenting classes in positive discipline, development and health, education, and modern parenting. Again, at yourvillageonline.com. If you have any comments or questions about what I covered today, if I brought up anything for you that you'd like to share, or need some clarification, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.